peoples, we are back for another week of good old fashioned Megachine. What is going on, everybody? That's right. There's so much going on. You know, this is, and we what in the few weeks of the year, and everything is just happening. I just turned on the TV this just not too long ago, and now Mueller is about to sit on down with Trump. <laughs> you know what? Let's not take. Let's not go to the dark side just yet, <laughs> because I, I don't have the gas mileage to take that trip with him. So uh, let's just how how have you, how have you been this past week? I've been good. I um have been enjoying time um, with friends and all that good stuff. Um, and let's just say my DMs have been busy lately. I don't know what's been going on, but apparently people are. In my DMs, so that's been interesting, um, and that's that's kind of fun too. You know, to be flirty and fun and southern is that's, that's our nature, um, and <laughs> and within a few weeks, me and some friends while we're going to see Donnie and Marie, and I know people are thinking Donnie and Marie, girl, but Donnie and Marie, you know, that's that's they're fun. And, and I always wanted to see them so my goal this year is try to see as many of my favorite acts as I can and Vegas has them all they got Celine is there I think Diana Ross is going to be back um, and I want to see Donnie Celine Marie is at the, Celine is at the Caesars Palace I think she's still there and I have to say I stand for, I didn't realize how much I stand for Celine but my playlist is keep keeps growing with Celine songs and I forgot you know something you know she's had a lot of great hits and some of these songs pop up like um the that song a new day brand new day whatever it's called a new day that song I just heard it again and I was feeling it I was like oh I'm really feeling this I was like I wasn't feeling like this when it first came out. Why am I feeling it now? I guess like I'm refilling some of her songs that, you know, I probably like liked, but I'm feeling them more now. Like I'm, I hate it. I'm not going to lie. I hate it. My heart will go on, but now I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. Oh, I still hate that song. You hate it? Because since it is tied to to Titanic. Yes. And I thought Titanic was a mess. I wouldn't say I was a mess. It was boring. I would say it was boring. You just need to watch the last 30 minutes. Need to be no three. That movie didn't need to be no three hours long. You knew them folks was going to die. I know. Shoot. We could have just There's went a version, to desire. There's a version of Titanic uh, that has Clifton Webb and Barbara Stanwyck. And that movie is like maybe 45 minutes long. You know <laughs> what's going to happen. Y'all not going to make it. Yeah, it could have been like just like that. But... Yeah, I've just been, you know, getting into Celine Dion again, <laughs> again and um, my playlist is growing. And um, I am trying to convince myself it is time to put a Kickstarter out for my comic, Strange Lore. And, you know, every, every, every once in a while, you know, the doll has, you know, setbacks. And so I'm just trying to figure out. You know, I need to. I don't want to fail in public, but I do believe in my project. So we need to go in out there and just do it. Just get out there and just see what happens. Because I'm seeing projects succeed, and I'm like, how? But you know, I can't hate on that. So I'm just like, you know what? I can't focus on that. I gotta focus on me. So I'm going to get that out. It's going to be out. I'm putting it out in the universe right now before 
May. I'm going to say it right now. Yes. Yes, May. And I know some people have been asking about us doing a Patreon or some kind of GoFundMe mm-hmm. for Megashine. That's still an idea that we're still working on, so... Mm-hmm. You know, we, we might put that out to the public, but, you know, we want to make sure that we are using and utilizing funds that that makes sense. Because, you know, I think sometimes I think sometimes people just be running Patreon to be paying extra bills. But I just feel like... I mean, I'm all for a good scam, <laughs> but damn, y'all. Come on now. But, you know, we want to make sure we're, we're, we're doing it the right way. But anyway, Nick, how are you doing? What's going on with you? You know... Listen, so I need to vent. Can I vent? Yes. May I? Thank you. So at my job, y'all know I work in the wireless testing um, industry, whatever. And I write the reports for all this data and whatnot. Now, I am not the person that you need to micromanage. I'm not the person that you need to um, look over the, your shoulder or double check their work. So if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Work related. Mm-hmm. So when you, when I see emails come by that I'm left off of our report that deal with the reports, I'm like, okay, so why do you all do that? And I've asked you repeatedly to keep me on these emails to keep me in a loop. Number one, and I'm not going to beg you to do this. Number two, uh, why is somebody else writing a report for us? That's what I'm paid for, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at this point, I'm just looking. I'm just biding my time until I find another job. Because this is ridiculous. It's just... I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you yeah, got to do. My... I'm not one of those people that just up and quits a job without having something to go to. Because mm-hmm. I think that's foolish. <laughs> it but... is. It's scary. I did that. I did that. And that was scary. What I would recommend if y'all, if anybody does that, you better save up money. Now, I saved up over... I will say I saved up over, you know, five digits to do that because you never know how long you're going to be out. So you need to save up, you know, I will say you need to save up at least more than 12,000 just in case, because you know how, I yeah, because if you still got to pay car and rent and everything else and you ain't got no sugar daddy, then you're going to have to do that. Now, if you got a sugar daddy, you can quit any job. Uh-huh. And take your time, but if you do, you don't not, even have to work. To be honest, well, true. But if you do not, you're gonna have to have some money saved up and then do that. I mean, there's some freedom to that, to where you're like, I really don't have to work and I have money. But you also have to be like, but this is a declining balance. They ain't like you're gonna put. There's like, there's no new money coming back in there. So you have to be like, okay, budget. Keep yourself, you know. And when I did it, oh my god, I did it during Comic Con. And all that time, I was like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I just left the job and I'm going to Comic-Con, which is normally a thousand dollars a drop. So yeah, you just have to, yeah, if you do it, any, and if you just have to be ready for it. Listen, that ain't in, that's not in my books. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, goodness. Right. <laughs> but let's go ahead. Black Lightning. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into this stuff today. So, did you see it? Yes, I did. And I thought it was a really good first I felt like it was a really good series opener. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait for the next one. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought that Chris Williams still looks fine. I think he looks better now than he did when he was on Living Single. I, I agree. He aged very well, and I was all about him in these suits. But, yeah. The whole cast was very attractive. His daughters, his ex-wife, um, some of the hoods. His ex- <laughs> I don't know. None of them, the 100. I don't know about them. <laughs> but yeah. But I thought, I thought it was a very, it's a very good episode. Um, now was the, the, um, the bad guy, I, I forgot his name, the light skin one. Is he light skin or is he just, like uh, albino. I think he's albino. I think he is. But I, I thought. I find, it, yeah. I find it funny that the light skin is the villain. Yeah, because usually you know in Tyler Perry world it's the opposite. <laughs> it's always the dark skin one is the evilest, <laughs> and then the light skin was gonna change you or save you. But no, this was a little bit different this time. It was like the lighter you were. Yeah, I'm. The evil you were. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm interested to see what they do going forward. And I know that one of the daughters uh, is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how they're going to tackle that. And I hope they don't come at it from, you know, the stereotypical way. Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. And that, and that particular character, she's the teacher. She's the one who's kind of the activist and... Um, we'll see how that goes. We see that, that uh, if y'all haven't seen it, that at the end we know that she has some gifts. So we will see how that turns out. Can we talk about that first five minutes of it, though? Yeah, yeah. Listen, because I was already hot. <laughs> I was like, okay, so where can I find this officer just to talk to him? <laughs> <clears throat> and you know what? He was actually nice. Because if it was me with those powers, it would have been full-on carry. Like, it would have been like, <laughs> no, you thought you was neat? I'm about to show you something. I'm about to, uh-huh. Man, I'm about to be all up in your nightmares for the rest of your life. When you see me, you will always think of something scary. So, yeah, and I like that they open it with that. I like that this is kind of a, this is kind of a black-ass show. <laughs> it was some of the things yes. I was saying and doing. I had to. It made me go back and look at some of the characters I've written who were black, just to make sure that they do sound. You know, for some characters to sound black, um, not to say that they all need to sound like, you know, everything like that. But I'm just saying that I want to make sure that it was relatable to the audience. So it was really nice to see that. And I feel like this is. And I'm glad, as we said last week, this is not a part of the Arrowverse, and I see why. Exactly. I was about to say, I can understand and appreciate why they didn't go that route. Yes, because I just, it just wouldn't be for the best. <laughs> it's just what I, I don't think, I think they're on two different levels right now. So. Yeah. 
You know, because you know, if it was in that verse, then he Black Lightning would go straight over to um, Legends of Tomorrow because that's where all the black characters are seeming to go right now. But um, we'll just leave <laughs> we'll just leave that alone right now. Uh, but I am interested in the rest of the series. I already have it um, saved on my TV, so I will be watching and see what will be going on. Mhm. And it's already gotten a full season, right? I think it has. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. And before we go on, I want to shout out another black family supernatural show, and that's Superstition. That's on um, um, Sci-Fi Network with Mario Van Peebles, who still is fine. He's playing basically <laughs> the daddy of this group, and that is a very good show. And we haven't really talked about that, but if y'all have not watched it, it is great. I have. If some of y'all follow me on Twitter, I have, you will see me live tweeting them that they are really getting into so many things with this family like with psychics and witches and if you've watched american gods and remember mr Ainsey, um you know which orlando jones is playing him somewhat in this series i think jasmine guy is kind of this character or kind of something like that and this because she's like a her, her name's aunt nancy uh, so you, I would say if you get a chance, check out that show. That is another good black family supernatural sci-fi show to kind of watch too. It just ended for this first season, but if you can go back and look at the rest of those episodes. Yeah, I need to, I need to get on that. I know a lot of our uh, Twitter followers have been uh, live tweeting that when that does come on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is really good. It's really good. Let's so see. let's go. <sighs> Let's get into some trash. <laughs> we may as well just get into the Oscars because that is tearing up the social media airwaves right now. It's been all day. Besides the Mueller situation, this has been it's been back to back. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Oscar nominations came out today, uh, and it's better than it has been. But there's still some pieces. They're still a little bit problematic. Um, when you think about, for example, I think with cinematography, I think it's the first time a woman's been nominated in... Ever. <laughs> centuries, you may as well just say. Um, you think about the screenplay, D. Rees is getting credit for that, but the last time a black woman was ever nominated for that was, um, I'm going to say her name wrong, Suzanne Van... Pass, I think, or something like that. But she, uh, uh, Susan DePass, yeah, or something like that. When she yeah. did, um, um, Lady Sings the Blues, mm-hmm. and that was back what seventy five. That was when I was one years old. So I'm just saying, it's been a minute. But these nominations came out, and what did you think about it when you saw these nominations today? Um, the usual suspects are here. The usual people that I thought was going to get nominated got nominated. We mm-hmm. saw that Auntie Mary J. Blige got nominated for a supporting actress in Mudbound. Mm-hmm. And that was a first... I don't remember a Netflix original movie getting nominated mm-hmm. for an an Oscar. No, and I was happy, but I was disappointed that it wasn't in the best picture. Yeah, that was a shame. And best director. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was like, mm, I should have known. You know, it's always like, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. It's that type of thing. And I was like, okay. But it was neat to see Good Out as Best Picture, as well as seeing that fine-ass actor, um, Daniel. I think his name is Daniel. Get, um, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Lord have mercy. He is yeah. 
It's a special chocolate. But he got um, nominated for Best Actor. <laughs> and I was and like... And he's in a, a, good, a good category with Denzel Washington. Yes. He's got uh, Gary Oldman and Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah, that's a, a interesting category. Yes. And it's funny because I look back at how, you know, Get Out was treated at the Golden Globes. And then to see, it's almost like a little bit of shade where, you know, the camera's like, well, we saw what y'all bitches did. So this is what we're going to do. It's kind of like how there was like BT. We saw what, when they saw uh, American Music Awards about Prince's uh, tribute, like we saw what y'all did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's it's good that they got nominated, but mm-hmm. okay, let's give them the, the awards. Because then yeah. they get shut out of the SAG Awards. I think they did. So we know that you all these critics saying that Get Out was this and that and it was a revolutionary and it brought a lot of uh, social uh, uh, social issues to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know all that. Now, give the awards to them that they rightfully deserve. Yes. because you know, it's, a... not a, it's not enough for just a nomination. Yes, and it was a very crafty, smart movie. And I think I was saying earlier today that when we think about it, this is like it's one of the few thrillers slash horror like films that's ever been up in this caliber. I think the last one, um, I want to say, it was Silence of the Lambs. You know, because that was kind of a thriller, and you know, we had people nominated for that movie. I think they were both nominated for that movie, and then before uh-huh. that, it was Carrie because both um, Sissy Spacek and I forgot her name, the mother, they were nominated for Oscars. Um, right for that, which. Lord, they were well that <laughs> Carrie, that is it's funny to look back at Carrie and be like, Yes, that was a good ass scary horror thriller type movie. And so right. it's been a while that we've seen that. Um, so I was really happy about that. That you know, now Get Out has this has this opportunity to change the game. What I'm afraid of is the imitations and I and I noticed that we I had a conversation today on Twitter uh, with one of our fellow um, Universal Con, you know, buddies, that we might see these horrible imitation, imitations of black horror. You know, like I was saying, we might have Insidious in the Hood, or we have Paranormal Activity in Queens. I mean, or no, or Harlem, or you know, it's gonna get to a point where they're gonna try to imitate this, and I'm like, you cannot imitate it unless. You are black. You know what I mean? Like, right. unless you... Exactly. It has to be black writers involved <laughs> to make this happen. I even mentioned that, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's because of black filmmakers, we have now kind of changed the game with certain genres. Like, you think about queer movies. Moonlight went up there, one best movie. Not many gay movies have been never nominated. We think about um, Brokeback Mountain. And we also think about um, Pencil... No... Philadelphia. Yeah. So we think that's been like the last few times. Um, but I I really like the fact that you cannot ignore the fact that what we bring to the table is powerful and strong and good. And you're going to have to just let us in to handle that and do some of this great stuff. And I, and I really hope that not only does Get Out win, but it opens doors for more... Um, people of color who want to create horror get a shot to finally do it because the horror genre is so white. Um, a friend of mine, Jeffrey, um, who, who created the original um, Final Destination is one of the few 
well-known, you know, people who have done a movie that's been that big in horror. And so I really hope this opens the door to we have more. Because there's a lot of um, horror writers who are people of color and black who needs to shine. So hopefully that begins that that opportunity for them to do so. Right. I know that... Um, let's talk about the supporting actor category because mm. I thought it was hilarious. So Christopher <laughs> Plummer is nominated for All the Money in the World. And if you didn't uh, don't know, Christopher Plummer uh, took over the role that was play- originally played by it was Kevin Spacey, wasn't it? Yes. And I know that Kevin Spacey is eating his heart out right now because mm-hmm. he got replaced, and now the person that took his spot is now nominated. Mm-hmm. If that's not some dream girls ass shit, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> Yes, that is, like so shady. That's like what's I forgot her name when she replaced Effie. I forgot the girl's name, but when she, so I'm coming in late. I'm like, girl, that's like her just coming in like, oh, I, I won. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who is she? Because <laughs> what Effie? We all got pain. Yes. Wow. But that was yeah, I thought that was very amusing. Mm-hmm. And what also I want to touch on like this. Uh, I haven't seen it. I've read, I've heard the book was really good, but mm-hmm. uh, Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Now, the two actors that play the two leading roles, they're both straight, right? Yes. And this is something that I am so over with. Like, the straight actors playing gay roles and mm-hmm. getting nominated and all these accolades and mm-hmm. awards. And these other actual gay actors can't get work because straight actors are taking the gay roles. Right. And then... It's like... <laughs> and then they're, they're getting called, oh, uh, what you did was so brave or so bold or uh, you had such courage to play this gay actor. Like they did with uh, Jared Leto and Dallas uh, Buyers mm-hmm. Club. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, granted that Jared got uh, advice from... Um, Oh, Soldier's Girl. What's oh, her name? Um, I know you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And all this jazz and this and then the third, but still, it's like gay actors Capone. can't get work. Yeah. They can't get their shine on, and they're relegated to the background or playing these the stereotypical uh, sassy gay best friend or either the in the closet type down low type of guy right and you know another thing with that is it's also how gays are treated in Hollywood too because you know we always hear the stories about I was told I couldn't be out I had to play this I had to be like this I had to be like that they're not allowed to be themselves yet we could sit around and hire somebody straight to play a gay role and they ask us get Oscar nominations it's almost a slap in the face it's like here in Hollywood is telling gay queer people like don't be don't be gay. Don't show that off. Do it. Keep that to yourself. Right. And then turn around and then award straight people for playing them. You know, it's almost it's it's a big slap in the face to be. And I know people. And I saw Call Me by Your Name, and I it was a good movie. It was too long. I personally, <laughs> it was too long. But it's really interesting how uh, 
it's getting so much praise. And I'm like, how great would it have been if that was two queer actors? How great would it have been if somebody, no shade to ARMY, but he played a 24-year-old and that man looks does not look nothing like a 24-year-old. <laughs> I'm like, I have students who are 24. He does not look like a 24-year-old man, but he was playing a 24-year-old man. Um, and Timothy, um, he was playing a 17-year-old, which he kind of looks... He looks like that Troy Savon little thing. He look they look like they could be twins. Literally. Uh-huh. But besides that, I was I'm a little bothered. You know, even Moonlight did that a little bit. I would love to have gay, you know, non-conforming, queer, what actors playing queer characters. Why is that so hard? To me, I look at it like we have black people playing black people. Let's have gay people play gay people. <laughs> like, why is that right. so hard to do? They're out there. And let them play these or let them get into... They can empathize with these roles. I mean, if you ever get a chance to see Call Me By Your Name, it is... Yes, it's it's about, you know, a young boy falling for someone. And we all been there. We've fallen for someone. And we get, you know, taken around that merry-go-round and of, you know, emotional mess and... All that stuff, but it would just feel so much better if it came from a gay actor. And they're not. And so, another thing that's been bothering me is how the gays have been championing these two men. And I'm like, mm, okay, I, they're great. And I guess because they're kind of cute, you know how, you know how gays get, they get fickle. Child. <laughs> Especially over some of these white gays. I mean, Lord, you know, they, <laughs> but anyway, it's just like, I can't be all like, oh my God, Timothy. Okay, I can't do all that because I'm like, they're not gay. They're not right. Gay. That's like us falling for straight boys. <laughs> Child, fool me once. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the actors and movies that were snubbed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people, and I think you might be on uh, one of these people, mm-hmm have said that Wonder Woman should have got nominated for something, whether it be uh, cinematography, lighting, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was that good for I, it to I, be nominated for an yeah. Oscar. Now, see, I hear you. And the reason why I'm saying that, one reason why I thought that at least the director should have been up, that, that could have been noted. Maybe it was and just didn't make the numbers. But I think about the fact that Suicide Squad has an Oscar. Okay, but yeah, that's... So that's yeah. why I was like, mm, then they could have got something. They could have got something. I think about how they really, you know, how the mascara looked, the fight scenes. It could have got some type of nomination. Even with some of the costumes, it could have got something. I mean... Uh-huh. I'm surprised that uh, Professor Marston in the Wonder Woman wasn't mm-hmm. uh, nominated. That's interesting. I, I forgot all about that movie. And everybody was saying it was so good and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to see it, especially because everybody was saying the good because it, it talks about polyamory and a polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. but it's not the the whole focal point of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that they, you know, they deal with. No. Um, what who else? They said Jessica Chastain should have got nominated. Uh, Steven Steven Spielberg, along with Tom Hanks, should have been nominated for the post. And the post, I really want to see the post, but mm-hmm. I don't want to pay money. If that <laughs> makes any sense, you know, yeah. I want to see it when like on like a Saturday night or something. You know, I I think 
maybe this is this is this is just me talking. I what if they decided the academy because you know academy has been remade in so many ways this year. Uh-huh. What if they decided that you know Tom, you know he's had his chance. You know you think about it, he's had he and Meryl. Yeah, I think Meryl's nominated anyway, but still, I think some of them said you know what. He has had his chance. He's had his time. You know what I'm saying? Like he, pretty much every movie he, he's done, he's nominated. Maybe they just said, not this year. You know? You well, know. in regards to Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, I think Meryl Streep is a better actor. Yeah. It'd be funny if she wins and she said, you know what? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, running out of room to put these motherfuckers. Yeah, because, like, you know, I feel like, because every year, I feel like last year, I think she won. Did she win last year for something? I feel like she wins she, every no, year. No, she probably did. I feel like that she's like, you know what? She probably gonna get up there in a night in a night shirt and a <laughs> Cause she never really likes to dress for these things either. She always talks about that. She might get up there and say, you know what? I no, not today. Thank y'all. And just like if she did that, I will holler, like, okay, that's their <laughs> divaism. But but we kinda talked about this too, but with the snubs, I felt like D Rees should have been nominated for um, Best Director. And the reason why, because I love the way she does her work. Like, ever since I saw Pariah, I have been a fan. And I'm not saying it because she's black. I'm saying it because she's talented. And I feel like that she should have been nominated. I know the woman who did Lady Bird was, and now I feel like I need to see Lady Bird. But uh-huh. um, I I saw Mudbound. Seeing Mudbound... At home in my own private, you know, in my own privacy, where I'm just like able to really absorb the movie. It was just beautiful, and to see her work, y'all need to let her shine because she is really doing the damn thing. And I love um, one of the actors. I forgot her name, but she said if D. Reeves was a man, she would be directing Star Wars right now. If she was a white All man, right? Yes, and um, I believe that because I think about the fact that there's some there's some of these directors who uh, who did a video for Britney Spears or a video for uh I don't know Daniel Day not Daniel Day but for Justin Bieber and then they get that they got a full ass movie. I'm just saying this woman did a great job. I wish she would have been noted for that. I wish Mudbound was also nominated for best movie. Um but yeah but with Wonder Woman I, I only saw at least some of the costumes, cinematography, and possibly director. Right, I know damn well it ain't for best picture. Let's just cut that shit out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I love. Everybody knows I'm a Wonder Woman freak, and I love her. But I would not have put that up <laughs> with. Right, I would not at all. I would not do that. And before we move on, <coughs> coming to people, because I saw this a lot. Um, with uh, a friend of the show we had her on last year, uh, April Rain was talking about people that didn't get their shine or nominated in regards to Latinx, uh, LGBT, other black people. Don't put the onus on either April Rain or anybody else to amplify your voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Oscar So White is a catch-all for everybody. Yes. So don't come to her or anybody else saying, oh, well, what about the Latin people? What about the Asian people? What about the disabled people? Well, what about the the organizations that aren't saying anything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it, I saw that way too much. I'm like, y'all need to give it a rest. And the funny thing is, that was already addressed when 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 Oscar So White came out. It was addressed that this represents all because you think about Oscar So White is basically saying Oscar is very white, very male. That was plenty of opportunity to where y'all could have just joined in. That's what it was. It was like a join exactly. in and say, yeah, it is so white because there's not been a you know a Latina you know nominated in centuries or blah blah blah. That was your time to do that. You don't need to try to single that stuff out when. I remember when I did the hashtag for um, gay media so white, I had a few people like, well, well don't forget about Latin. I was like, this is for everybody. <laughs> like, I made sure everybody knew, like, this is for every race. Everyone to get involved with it. If y'all coming this late to the party, then y'all really need to sit your asses down because this has already been addressed. And uh-huh. yes, Oscar is so white still because we still are struggling to get, you know, to have women of color nominated for some of these awards. Halle Berry is still um, the only woman who has won Best um, Actress in a long time. Everybody else, you know, Lapita, um, uh, Viola, they won Supporting. But we still are struggling with Best. And let's talk about the fact that Latina and Asian women have not been... You know, at the forefront with this, and there's been plenty of good work on from from women of different backgrounds. So you know, come on. I mean, we still got a lot to go on. Um, and as we are leaving this conversation, it's interesting because we can jump into the next conversation when it comes to making sure that we see ourselves on television, but also making sure that we are able to report on what we see. Um, it uh-huh. feels like, in a lot of ways, Hollywood is still kind of closing doors to people of color because we have saw recently. This is we jumping on our next topic now, segueing, um, in the fact that we that uh, you know people of color press or so color pl- press, black press, is kind of not there. Yeah, not there as some of these major things, and we were seeing um, this kind of came to the forefront. Um, when it, the SAG Awards and a question was asked to Sterling's fine ass about, about, about the fact that have you noticed there's not that many black people in the room and shout out to the young lady we'll, you know, we'll retweet that I think we've already retweeted her um, who mentioned that she asked him the question I think she was one of the first questions um, she asked him to look around the room and do you and like, where are the, you know, the black press, people of color press? And he said, oh my God, I have never noticed that. And, you know, I think when you're on stage, you don't really think about it. You're just trying to answer the question and make sure you're not messing up. But the right. fact that when he started to look and see, that was shocking to me. And also, you know, friends of the show, um, Valerie, um, Jamie, Black Girl Nerds, Valerie, Black Girl Nerds. And, also, you know, they've all mentioned that even at um, Sundance, uh-huh. There was not a lot. And it was very white at Sundance. Yes, very white in Sundance. Um, one of my former um grad students who used to work for me, he is he goes there, and I asked him recently. Um, I said, hey, you know, well, you're white. You can tell me the truth. Tell me, was there a lot of? And the reason why he was happy to tell me because um, the love of his life was a black woman. And he would, but anyway, um, he said yes, it was very white. It was very very white. He always gets upset. I think he took. Um, his the girl that he that he was in love with who, to Sundance and even she was like this is 
white as the snow on this ground. And so I just feel like we need to understand what's going on. We also heard a little bit about how the Black Panther um, roundtable went. Because apparently that some black sites were able to go to the roundtable, but not to the press room. And then yes, I saw a lot of that. And then some of these, I don't mean no harm, but some of these sad-ass sites, I'm not going to say their names, but some of these comic book sites or some of these wannabe sci-fi sites were in the room and at the round table. So I guess I'm not understanding why why are black press or people of color press being ignored. And what I did see something that, well, some of the, the, the reasoning is because they think that a lot of black press is, is gossip blog. And that's some bullshit. How, like, in regards to uh, the Black Panther press, wasn't it like they denied BET and Essence uh, roundtable and one-on-one discussions versus some of these white um, media outlets? You know, they got everything in the book. And I think it was, uh, who was it? Insanity Report uh, on Twitter. uh, (laughs) They did a thread about how they couldn't get in or... uh, how if the at a I think it was San Diego Comic Con mm-hmm. that if the main person wasn't at the uh, panel then nobody wanted to see it. Right, I think it was that story about Supergirl because exactly yeah. she was not she was sick when McKed, um I'm saying this name wrong, but you know Sexy was there and they nobody wanted to come and see him. And so luckily they let, you know, black press in. But that's fascinating to me because, again, you know, Essence has been around for over 40 years. And some of these blogs have been up for maybe five and they got in. Essence, Epitone of Blackness and magazines could not get it. BET. Right. <laughs> And they're owned by Viacom, my guys sake. I think Viacom should have said, um, hold up now. Y'all better let us in. But <laughs> um, that's very it's fascinating. It's a slap in the face. That's what it is. How in the hell you want to have this black-ass movie that comes out in less than 25 days? Yes. And you don't want to give the people that it's originally for. Because mm-hmm. even though it's a Marvel movie and it's a Disney movie, yada, 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 Black Panther is for black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Regardless of who created it or whatever, mm-hmm. Black Panther is for black people. So you mean to tell me that you don't want that you don't want that voice or that narrative to be reflected in the reviews. Mm. So you want it to come from a white person that doesn't exactly know or has that kind of experience in mm-hmm. black media, black comics, black superheroes. Yes. Okay. Like we're like it's a big struggle because they don't have enough black people or people of color in, you know, reviewing film, you know, doing the press, doing the story. And you want us to be the you we are the shield. You want us to be out there praising your movie of color. I think about Proud Mary, how pretty much people who didn't like the movie were mostly white men who were reviewing it. And you really couldn't find a lot of people of color reviewing that movie. And so now we're dealing with the fact that you see the issue here. It's like, of course, they, but then you give them something with, I don't know, Marky Mark or something like that. They all about it. Or something that Max Landis wrote, then they'd be all about it. I'm just saying that 
we that has to change. And when it comes to our geeky stuff, you need to realize that we, as people of color, make up a very huge chunk of this community. And so when you have prominent people like Black Girl Nerds being there, I'm Nerds of Color, um, also... Um, Fan bros. Fan bros. You got geeks of color. You got all these groups that are out there. You need to let them in. Because if anybody's going to help sell your stuff and believe in your stuff, will be us. Because we want to see our stuff, you know, we want to see ourselves succeed. And you want your money. So you need to be like, open these doors, let them come in here and speak because they may be able to help you. Now, I don't know if people are just... Are, are identifying us with Charlemagne and the Grape Juice and Shade Room and they think that because yes those are successful no shade to them but I feel like people are just looking at them and saying all of them are just like those it's Wendy Williams they probably think we all gossip right. you know looking to shade looking to do this and I wonder if that's what they're basing it on you know looking at these things saying all of them are like that. Or they're looking at the successful things and they like they're thinking that are oh, they all gossip and shade. So no, we don't want them in here because they're going to shade us. No, you need to look at what they always bring you. Again, these outlets we just named give you good stuff. They, you know, they write great articles. They are giving you good commentary. There are people within their groups who are, you know, better journalists than the one on CNN. You know, so I'm just like... I mean, right? I mean, come on. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. And also, um, black women, there's not a lot of black women. There's not a lot of Latina um, women out there who are doing press or doing this type of press. So it would be nice to see that increase too. So come on, studios, quit playing. I mean, you know, when Comic-Con, the kickoff is really WonderCon. So when WonderCon comes up, I would like and hope to see more open doors to um, groups of color and hell we will be in that soon, you know. So I'm we saying will we will be representing people of color and the queer voice. So I want that to be open. I want those opportunities to be open for all of us. We, we I mean, we, we, we just can't sit here and allow Hollywood to continue this foolishness. And a lot of people, in regards to allowing us access and being hesitant of getting us access I think a lot of people think that a critique is a full on criticism of your work Mm -hmm. or some kind of attack Mm -hmm. that's the further from the truth Yes, Uh, and a lot of people need to realize that very true I think that they need to understand that we're not trying to tear everything down we're trying to make it better um Sure, there's some folks, there's some outliers out there. But at the end of the day, we're trying to support. I hope they've been paying attention to see how excited we are about Black Panther. We are so excited about that. Um, there's events set up for this. How many times you get events for movies like this? And so I'm just saying... Sold out event. Yes. So I'm just like, y'all would... You want outlets to speak on it. You want these geeky outlets to be at the premiere. You want them to be there. They should have been there to see all the new toys, to see the costumes first. They should have been every they should have been all a part of it. Because yes, a lot of these geeky sites that again only been up for two days are getting all these access and that's not fair. 
That's not right. That's not fair. I know it comes down to who you know, but at the same time, it needs to come down to what influence they have. Again, when I think about some of these geeky sites, some of them don't even have the blue check. But guess who has the blue check? Black girl nerds. <laughs> so I'm just saying, think about it. You can't have almost 100,000 followers. I think they have over 100,000 followers and not be taken seriously. I mean, hell, look at Geeks of Color. They've been everywhere. Dorian is running that thing. He is. Something awesome. I hope he's getting some rest. I think he works up the street from me because I think I know where he's at Um, because we have the academy right up the street from me. So I Uh am just sitting here like, I know that's a lot of work. And he is, (laughs) I don't understand why he doesn't have He's getting access, but I think he had. But it's 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 sad. That I think he has to work as hard, harder to get it. Oh, definitely. Then some of these he has folks to work twice as hard. Yeah, then these folks just popping up to say, "Oh, look at that." Um, so yeah, you know, shout out to all of people that we know, like Val and Monique and Joy and Jamie and um, Rebecca and everybody there. You know, we're not trying to forget anybody. Cynthia, everybody who we know, Dorian, um, Ben Amin, um, Tatiana, people we know that have given great and quality work, and they need to be in those rooms. Yes. And then we will be in those rooms, goddammit. So we will be up (laughs) in there too soon. So we hope by the time we are ready, that y'all are ready. Now let's move on to some gay news, shall we? Mm-hmm. You want to pop it off? Yes. So nicely, <laughs> I'm saying nicely because this is long overdue. Um, it was brought up in, in Queer Tea, uh, which is a gay blog that's been around um, for over 10 years. Brought up with the, a, a very good article about ending BBC, which is Big Black Cock. And that is something that many black men, especially black queer men, have always dealt with, whether it's in the club, online, or what have you. But that's the big assumption about all of us having big dicks. And they want to end that, end it as a way of describing us, end that as how you look at us. I can't tell you how many times I have always, I've been approached by men um, who will say something like, oh, I can't wait to see your big black dick I know you got one everything else or one that was said to me not long ago that I said, even though you probably got different races in you I know you still have a big dick and I'm like oh. you know there was a, a thread <laughs> I forgot who did the thread um, that a BBC is basically a racist it is term mm-hmm. and it relegates black men to just a piece of meat mm-hmm. and I, it just I cringe every time I hear it yeah and I know it brought it was brought up um, by a porn store uh, I think his name was Max Max Connor I think so that sounds familiar he was talking about um people referring to his dick, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, now, I won't go into all the crap that he got, but this has been something that we've talked about on the show in the past. I know um, this kind of racism and 
the gay adult industry is not something new. When we had uh, Hugh Hunter on last year, he was talking about when they had the uh, the gay uh, adult video uh, awards, mm-hmm. which was how they week. had the best the best ethnic scene, yeah. you know, shit like that, and it just permeates every corner of gay society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's something that we always this feels like we are always having to deal with. Yeah. We're always having to explain or always having to have our very being validated. Yeah. And and you're right. And this, you know, and then it's not just us. I mean, you know, Latinos have to deal with being called poppy. Um and what they Asians Asians have to be deal with called uh, they don't have dicks or they have little dicks or they're just some uh, giggling bottoms bottom yeah that's what they call them giggling bottoms and I'm like lord Um, so yeah it's really interesting because you know gay gay culture is painfully white Um, just um, I think Chief put this up and I've seen another meme where they show um, gays all over the world and it's mostly celebrating the white folks in the different countries. Uh-huh. And it's just like, good Lord, our our community has been riddled in whiteness for so long. And I think I would love when we can change this around because I feel like because it's been riddled in whiteness, our identities are always at a struggle. Because I think sometimes, for example, I somebody was talking about like uh, a black a black student talked about, do I need to get into the leather scene to be ex- to be accepted in the gay community? And I was like, you do not. But it's it's interesting because they feel like they have to, um, to be accepted. And to me, I always like to say that that is something that's been kind of, my personal opinion has been kind of forced on us to like to do, like you have to get a part. It could be you have to be a part of this. You have to get into this. And I think that's something that I would love us to change is that whole whiteness effect of our community to where we can just be ourselves. We don't have to subscribe to the somewhat norms in the gay community. Like, it's always funny when someone said, you don't know anything about Madonna? And you could turn around and say, you don't know anything about Patti LaBelle? So it's, or Janet Jackson, you know? So it's, or Cecilia Cruz or Selena. So, you know, I mean, like, it's always something to where we have to always fight back the whiteness within this community. So when it comes to something like, especially when it comes to sex um, and how we are viewed sexually, I cannot wait for us to get out of that. But that that will be forever. That will take forever. But yes, um, y'all have heard the stories about you know how it is to be on Grinder. I got off Growler because I felt like I'm wasting my time. But also how. I tested this. I put that I was a total bottom. I put total bottom. I still got hit up from men who wanted me to top them. <laughs> now, I thank God I am not on those apps because some of those stories that I hear from you motherfuckers is <laughs> like terrifying. It is. That's why I my head goes off to y'all for still being on them. I refuse. I'm too old to be dealing with people's foolishness and insecurities. No, I don't and need to. I don't like that, oh, the the person you were talking to is like 
25 feet behind you. That shit was freaking me out. That was like, no, I do not like that at all. And you doing them one of them slow pants uh, horror uh, scenes, mm-hmm. looking over your shoulder, and there's some scary ass person with a chainsaw ready to kill you. I see. I can't. I can't be bothered. Yeah. I cannot. True. But also, again, it's just the racism behind it. And as I, I think we talked about this before, that you know, it's interesting to see it, the how powerful these apps are because now they're a part of our media when it comes to a lot of queer media. I, I just, I, my fear is we're, one, we're getting away to actually being personable with each other. I think that these apps are killing that. I think these apps are making us worse in the sense that, you know, that's another conversation for another time, but I do think it is making us worse because someone will argue and say it's making us be more direct about what we want i was like yeah that's like a three-year-old telling you what they want (laughs) you know it's like i want to be a fairy i want hot dogs and i want some cheese that's not always a great thing so i feel like it as long as this stuff is continuing racism is going to be very huge in our community because you don't have to correct yourself but also when it comes to sexual desires because of the way our community has been fetishized as well as how the whiteness of this community that is our biggest struggle is to get over is to get over the fact that as a black man we don't all have big dicks and that's not what we are we're not just tops we're not just thugs um and i i don't know if we ever get that that day but i really hope that we will get past that one day and just because you have a big dick doesn't mean you know how to use it that's true because you can't be shoving that shit in there <laughs> like you trying to make fetch happen. Like, no. There's a technique. And a lot of y'all don't know that. That's another conversation, too. A lot of y'all don't <laughs> have the skills. Quick rant. Y'all need to quit posting your little thirst traps and knowing y'all ass can't screw for to save your lives. A lot of y'all can't fuck. Stay off of the being Instagram dots. Because you can't fuck. If you can't fuck, you need to quit trying to show off your body. I'm tired of hearing stories about, ooh, he looked good as, you know, in his Instagram. Like, yeah, y'all got in bed, and now you got, your rectum got now tore you up. You could have had a <laughs> You said your rectum got tore up or something else. You got crabs or herpes because y'all got caught up in these looks. Quit doing that and quit falling for that. That's just my thing for today, but... I'm just saying Your that shit looking like a bunt cake. That's what I'm saying. Just because somebody is fine and they do nothing but thirst trap, that should tell you something. If all they do is thirst trap. That's probably all they can do. It's like if somebody can always cook a, a damn good hamburger helper, that might be all they may be able to cook. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Just right. keep in mind. Anyway, let's move on to Jay-Z. <laughs> well, let's talk about Jay-Z. So it was announced that Jay-Z would be uh, honored at the GLAAD Awards, the GLAAD Media Awards. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't know, GLAAD Awards are this big, gay-ass media uh, frenzy. Basically, it's for LGBTQ people. And I was, I was like, okay, is he getting an award because his mom came out as a lesbian and now she's munching box? I don't understand why he's getting this award. And it seems like Glad has been uber white. 
Sure, there's been sprinklings of seasoning here and there, mm-hmm. but Glad to me has always been white, and I've equated that with uh, them to the human rights uh, campaign. Now, and they do good stuff, but still, it's, it's so white. Yeah, if you watch the awards, the audience is very white. I think we've had, I, I think there's been people of color who have been there who have tweeted about how like it's really white in here. When they, I remember when Kerry Washington was there she did a speech it was a good speech and I actually wrote about it because I was a little bit bothered by her talking about the black church I was like yeah but to speak about this in front of a whole bunch of white people I don't know about that and I feel like it's very white and so to I don't know how effective it is to the overall community that's one thing also I think about this whole Jay-Z thing I'm like great but there's other people who have done bigger things too, you know. And why are we so quick to give out an award to a heterosexual and all the people that are of the LGBT community that are doing good work that are yeah. not getting recognition that they deserve? Yeah. The ones who are like take it take it in the kids who are being thrown out. The ones who are raising the money to make sure there are shelters and education and and health care for you know, you know people who are doing this you know like the i think these awards should be given to the average to the some degree the average person who's working but also to you know people who are in the lgbt community who are celebrities who are actually doing something um that's making change and i feel like that should be a call to us as lgbt people to make sure that we are doing things for the right reasons too but also it should be called glad to actually start searching deeper uh-huh. for that like yeah I, I appreciate Jay-Z in some ways you could say if you look at some of the things he's done he was one of the first to come out as a hip-hop artist to say that he support gay marriage he like you look at his past history he has been supportive I just don't know if this warrants for an award recognition but I don't know if it's a award I, yeah, recognize. I don't. You know what? Whatever. Get your award, girl. But <laughs> it just seems very peculiar. Yeah. Yeah. And then, as we kind of move over to the comic world of gay stuff, we're sadly losing um, two queer comics and Marvel. We are losing. This is kind of older news, but I just want to make this, you know, make this clear. We're losing America, um, which is a queer superhero who we had our debut. She had a debut in um, Young um, Young Avengers. She's a Latina. She had her own comic, and now that's being canceled. And Iceman, who came out as gay, he is losing his solo comic as well. So I don't know. Hopefully we are supporting these comics, even if you don't like these characters at least i hope you bought at least one of the comics or at least read it to feel like oh i don't like this anymore but it is kind of sad to see that we are losing some of our prominent gay characters or not really losing the characters but losing the comics and some of the big ones however then the cool thing is there are a lot more queer characters in indie comics um but it is nice to have you know queer characters in the major comic books like dc marvel and and image is always doing it they they go back and forth, you know, but the big two is kind of sad that we lose those two particular comics. I know uh, 
Cena, Grace did the Iceman comments. Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't want you all to be sad that it, we're ending it. Just be uh, excited that I was able to give, get this opportunity. You know, which is a yeah. a good way of looking at it. Because we couldn't have had, uh, maybe five, ten years ago, we don't, I don't think we could have had this kind of comic. Yeah. So, you know, it was good while it was here. But, you know, that's not to say that it can't come back. True. I mean, there's been... It didn't... Oh, go ahead. There's been many. Like, Storm has had more than one. She's about to have another solo comic. Wolverine has had many solo comics. It, it, it's always possible for these to come back. Um, interesting enough, um, DC has the Freedom Fighters, um, which is kind of one of those cartoons I think is on CWC. Um, but the Ray, Ray is a gay character, and it's basically a diverse group of superheroes. But Ray is a gay character, which they do feature him. There's a huge billboard down the street of them <laughs> um, in my neighborhood. So it's it's no true loss. I mean, they're still there. It's just I wish we could have successful comics with them leading those um, for for over 100 issues or more. So yeah, that was a little sad, and um, I think as we we as we come into a close with our tea, um, the DC superhero movie slate is rumored to be changing. Um, I think it was surprise, surprise. Yes, um, we are now hearing you could get this. You can just actually just type, and you can just Google it, and it'll pop up. The rumor is that we will not have a cyborg movie. Uh, we're going to have Wonder Woman 2, which is well-deserved, Aquaman, Shazam, Suicide Squad 2, which I don't. I don't know who was asking for that. No, and they need to quit doing stuff because it made money. They need to start doing stuff because it's quality. It's almost like, you know, like, it's like when Trump said, I won the presidency, but you lost by 3 million votes. It's like that. And it's like, I'd rather win both. <laughs> like, win the credibility as well as when the box office. And so that's rumored to be, but now it's also rumored that we may not get a Sirens movie or a Joker movie. Okay, now I didn't really want one unless they, the casting was right. True, and I was like, I, and if they did it, I didn't want, I wanted Birds of Prey. And if they did, they could have had Birds of Prey and, and those, and, you know, the villain women up in there. Um, but leave the Joker out. That's what I want. We don't need to have him. He was a wasted character in Suicide Squad. We just don't need him. DC has too many interesting characters to only focus on the main, these main ones. So, you know, if they take Sirens out, fine. If they take out the, the rumors of and they do this Joker movie, fine. Because we didn't ask for that either. I think what they need to do is just stick to what's good. So the rumor is they're going to have... Um, Wonder Woman 2, Aquaman, another Man of Steel movie, which I, I understand. Batman, I do and don't. Um, maybe another Justice League, but they will not be doing Flashpoint. They will not be doing Flashpoint. And I'm fine with that too. Uh-huh. Because Flashpoint was kind of messy to me, but 
I don't know, but that's the rumor. Don't know how true that is, but that was going around a lot this past weekend about the changes happening in the DC movie universe. Um, because they are, you know, they just have not been having great successes. I mean, their biggest movie to boot did not deliver. And now you got Black Panther. <laughs> you got Marvel, you know, basically doing an electric slide down the aisle. And they, and they just sitting around trying to figure out what steps to do next. So, Marvel is doing the boot scooting boogie down the, down the way. Grinning. <laughs> and not even sweating yet. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it made you think about that. Um, remember that show I used to have on the on the Country Network? They used to have that, that little dance show. Yes. <laughs> that makes me think when you said that. It made me think about that show because I used to watch it for the hell out of it. But just to see like how are these white folks dancing. But anyway, it's you know DC. If you don't do a cyborg movie, I'm fine with that. I, I and I hate to say that because you know the actor he's a nice guy, but I didn't see why we would get. I don't. Cyborg has never been an interesting character to me. For a movie, um, Nightwing is still on that slate, and I think you mentioned that yes, if they're going to do a Nightwing, he better have an ass. He better have cakes. He better have a whole goddamn bakery. <laughs> I'm not playing with them. Like, Shoot. like something like it doesn't have to be like just blowing up big. But something where it's like you can see it. Like a Chris Milani butt. Like you know when you see Chris Milani, you see a butt. He can't help it. You always will see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Tyler uh Hoshlin, I think that's his name. Oh, the what? guy who plays yeah. uh Superman. But he doesn't have a butt. That was that was padding. You know what? I feel bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh. Yeah, it's it's a few. Like I always would go back to, there was a movie called East of Eden that had Rosie O'Donnell in it. It was based off of Anne Rice book. There was a character, this white guy from Australia, he was a main character in it, but he had the butt. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Or have a butt like, Idris has like a nice smaller butt, but you could tell he has a butt. Um, or a butt like, um, like how Denzel had in, Ricoch- in Ricochet. <laughs> like, there's something where they have a nice but to see, you know, that it's just that the character is known for this. Try to play to that. Uh-huh. Not trying to objectify, not trying to objectify, you know, Dick Grayson, but at the same time, we are too. You saw that ass shit. There is, I mean, goodness, there's. We can pull panels from the Nightwing and the Grayson comic that talks about this. So, come on, y'all. The Midnighter, one of the. Heroes um, said that when I think Dick Grayson was in disguise and he said, no, I knew who you were. I recognize that ass anywhere. So that's what I'm saying. Listen. (laughs) He literally said that we will post that. In fact, we will post that just to, you know, to say why Dick Grayson needs, Nightwing needs to have that booty. He does. All right. Do we have anything else before we clear up these, uh, Teacups. No, I think that's it. We have we're giving y'all a full hour of stuff. So yeah, that is pretty much it. We'll be back to give y'all. Yes, something. let's take a break. Yeah, to talk about something else. So hold up, and we will be back. And again, do not be an Instagram thought if you can't deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
Hey, this is Steph Firewell. Join me by weekly at The Lemonade for all things nerdy and geeky, giving you all the sweet and sour notes from the nerd world, as well as my own special commentary to make this blend lemonade just right. Follow The Lemonade at Audio Boom SoundCloud, High Bean at the Points of Interest Network, and I'll see you guys soon. join this episode of Mega Shane up in the 2018, the new year, new us. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Mega Shane Pod, the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, we're now on Google Play. And let's get into, we're going to do a character breakdown like we did for Celine back uh, last year. So as you know, The Gifted wrapped up their first season and the Stepford Cuckoos were introduced. And if you don't know, uh, we're going to break down the character, give you some tips, or not tips, but information about them, and their other appearances in other comics and video games and other TV shows. So, Victor, who exactly are the Stepford Cuckoos? So let's just get into it. The Stepford Cuckoos were basically um, kind of engineered um, or engineered or kind of made um, <laughs> in tubes. Um, they were basically taken from Emma Frost. Um, so when Emma Frost was comatose, and I cannot remember directly. So many years ago when she fought the fake Phoenix, not the real Jean Grant's Phoenix, it was the copy of her. Um, she was comatose from that. And so it's believed that she was the eggs were taken from her at that time. Um, and, or it could have been taken when she fought, um, Trevor Fitzroy and the Sentinels and Jean switched her out. But I think it was when, um, she fought the fake Phoenix and they took those eggs, um, from her and they started making, um, a whole bunch of clones. Um, basically it's a part of the whole weapon plus program now weapon plus program if y'all know that's where wolverine comes from the whole weapon x and saber tooth and um some of the other people that we've that you've kind of known over the years um they come from this program so weapon plus program is something where they are trying to always have a weapon in the sense of fighting whoever but basically under some secret government type of thing so um while emma was comatose um i think it was dr john sublime took those eggs and if you're familiar with him he has a lot to do with some of the x-men and in, in different forms of fashion um he took those eggs from her um and began cloning them and to make um you know someone capable of having her telepathic abilities so they end up you know having they had like over a thousand of these clones on her. However, um, well, you know, once they kind of found, I think it got out about them. I think the X-Men found out about them um, or they send the X-Men, they send them out to kind of infiltrate the X-Men. So five of them were released and that was Sophie, Phoebe, Mindy, Celeste, and Esmeen. And they started out as five and they were younger students. They were kind of known as stuff for cuckoos. Sometimes they were known as the five and one. And when you see them, they look like Emma. They look like younger Emma Frost. They were blonde, very arrogant. Um, they were students at Xavier's school. Um, and they looked they, like Valley Girls. Yeah, they did like Valley Girls. And you know, I love the way they were written because they were very arrogant. You know, they were 
and very confident in their powers. Um, they were pretty strong too. When they when they joined together, they were very powerful telepaths. Um, and you know, sadly, they did lose some of their characters because of some of their sisters um, due to I think being caught up with a drug called Kick, and that was something that mutants could take to kind of really enhance their powers. And at the time when um, Grant Morrison was writing the X Men, he he did introduce the Sephir Cuckoos, but he introduced other characters. Um, like um, Quentin Choir and um, who was known as Kid, Kid Omega um, also dealt with the fact of Gene getting the Phoenix again and also gave us the storyline that I hated of Scott and Emma being a couple um, but one of the sisters <laughs> one of the sisters was using that um, the kick um, and I think it was and they was, I think it was Sophie who was doing it um, yeah and then in the mix of that, um, she died. And because of that, that kind of, you know, really um, kind of messed up their, you know, their, their sisterhood. Because I think Esmeen started using Kick too because of this. Um, and then they get, you know, they got mad. These girls were no one to play with. They were like Heathers, basically. And they would get, you They know, really were. They yeah, were. they were Heathers. Yeah. Got mad at Emma because, you know, Emma let them do that. You know, poor Sophie died. So they went up and <laughs> and basically gave some receipts to Gene. They said, Gene, uh, we just want you to know that Emma is having a psychic affair with your husband. She's fucking your man. Yes, psychically. And then, you know, Gene showed up. Now, if y'all know, there's that storyline when Gene found out about Emma and Scott having a psychic affair. When Gene showed up, Bitch, she <laughs> tore up Emma Frost. Now, I'm not a fan of Emma Frost. I know some of y'all will come after me. I know Taylor. I know a lot of y'all come after me for that. But I'm just saying that she said, bitch, I've had enough of you. And I'm about to go through your life. She basically took her through the ringer. <laughs> However, Esmeen, um, you know, was still dealing with the fact of her sister's death because you know they're they basically are sister they were their sisters they're quintuplets i'm saying it totally wrong but they're all them and so quentin, quentin no. yeah yeah it's five of them so it's what quentin Quintuplet. yeah Quintuplet. yeah so you know esmeen is still pissed um and she uh basically killed emma <laughs> she shot emma with a diamond bullet um, and she was in a bunch of pieces and it took, um, Jean using that Phoenix force to bring her back. So Emma will always have to owe Jean, but, um, brought her back with the help of Beast to some degree, but that kind of, you know, take, they kind of spun Esmeen to kind of go on the dark side and kind of join the fake Magneto's Ash Zorn, um, where they did attack the X-Men and we, and, and Zorn ended up killing Jean, but Esmeen also died in that battle as well. Uh-huh. So now we're down to three. I know. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm about to say, now we're down to three. Uh-huh. Now, I know I was first introduced to the Stepford Cuckoos um, on X-Men Legends, The Rise of Apocalypse. That was a game uh-huh. for the Xbox way back when. And they were a villain. Uh, they were a boss in the video game. And I always like, I like the power... Of a hive, because no. it reminded me uh, of um, 
to some degree the phalanx. Yeah, yeah. How they almost have a hive type of thinking. Um, but if one of them, if three are in the same room, then their powers are amplified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the scene in The Gifted where Esme actually gets her sisters out and she just lets the people have it and she just kills everybody. Yes. I thought that was such a cool, that was such a badass scene. And I love the actress who's playing her. Um, I don't remember her name, but it seems like each each sister has their own personality, mm-hmm. even though it's the same actress. Yeah. And the neat thing is, and you just mentioned The Gifted, I was very floored. Now, I, as people know, I was back and forth with The Gifted, but I did get caught up over the break. And I felt like this was a good rendition of them because we couldn't, we try to trust them. You couldn't really trust them. You didn't know what they were really up to. And this is how they really are in the comic. You can trust them and you really can't trust them. Um, because, again, they are part of Emma. But they also very independent. Sometimes they are very aware of what they're doing. The neat thing about the characters in the comic, um, as the sisters kind of grow, is they start taking their own, they start taking on their own personality. So now the three, I think there's only one of them that's blonde. The other one has dyed her hair dark. And the other one dyed her hair red because she's kind of a fan of Jean. So we are seeing that they're kind of becoming their own. Um, you know, they're becoming their own in a lot of ways. And another thing, thing about the Sephir Cuckoos is when the Phoenix came back, there there was a little piece of the Phoenix in each of them. Um, because Emma it was able to host the Phoenix Force twice. And so because they are... They're in the likeness of Emma and somewhat a copy of Emma. They held pieces of the Phoenix Force as well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that amplifies their powers even more. It did. But as we are seeing the return of Jean Grey, they lost it. So <laughs> the Phoenix has left their bodies. <coughs> but they are very crafty characters. And there was a very um, interesting run of X-Men where they dealt with the future versions of the X-Men, a future version of Jean who went very dark um, where they learn a lot about their powers and how you know powerful they could be when they fought her. So the Stafford Cuckoos are, I, I think they are amazing. I enjoyed them over the years. They've been around for wow, since the early 2000s. So they have been a fun group of girls. Um, <coughs> there's a part when um I think Sophie comes back from the dead, and um, because I think Phoenix brought back um, Kid Omega Choir, and came back, and they brought Sophie back, and she said she looked at him and like, nah, and died. She was like, uh. <laughs> she she's like, uh, no, and just died again after he brought her back. She was like, no, no, I'm not doing this, and basically died again. These are very fun characters and very powerful though so yeah when you brought up that when i saw them in um the gifted i was like for the longest time i couldn't figure out who it was i was like who is she yeah like who and then it started clicking i was like oh there she is i was like okay bitch okay come turn the party yeah so yeah it is going to be Need to see what they do with the characters because a part of me is thinking, are they going to introduce? Because Hellfire was talked about, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, are we going to, are we going to see Emma? 
is Emma going to be in, you know, season two? Um, well, let's l- talk about The Gifted. Let's talk about yeah. the, the season uh, finale. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, the remaining mutants got broken up. Yes. So Lorna uh, and her her badass jacket. Which, <laughs> I want that jacket. I want that fucking jacket. I saw that jacket. I was like, okay, bitch, you are coming up here with your brand right. new beaded jacket. <laughs> you about to. He went to Anima's Markets and got a shopping spree. <laughs> but uh, Lorna is now on a team by herself along with Sage, uh, the little um, the little boy that looks like he's uh, malnourished. Yeah. One of the Striker kids. <laughs> or Strucker kids, I'm sorry. Yeah. And a couple of other people versus the other mutants who wanted to stay around yeah. uh, and actually build it. So it's it's going to be cool. Hopefully they'll take this in a take this even further. Yeah, because I don't know. Maybe they'll introduce people uh, from the Hellfire Club, like maybe Sebastian Sh- uh, Shaw or mm. um, Leland. Leland. Um. Even Donald Pierce or hell, right. Celine, uh, which that would be interesting. They even put Celine in this, but the funny thing is, as you mentioned, some of the people who joined Lorna, um, the Van, the, the the Strucker twins or the Van Struckers, is is they are interesting too because um, those the powers that the, that those two kids have are the similar ones to um, Andreas and Andrea. I'm saying I, I think that's their names. Who were they were Finners, and they were villains in the X Men comic. Um, we saw them a little bit in the last few um, comics before um, issue two hundred. And to issue two hundred, they attacked Magneto. He was under trial for the murders and crimes he's done over the years, and they came to attack him um, because they have a history. Uh, I think partly with Nazis and everything else, but it's very fascinating to have the the instructors in this because together their powers they have to join hands to to do what they do and they are very powerful. So if you want to know more about that family history, I will say start with um, you start X Men one ninety and kind of go from there. You see a lot about them. Um, I think the the brother shot Storm when she was in Africa and he left her for dead, but she was alive. Um, and that led to Life Death 2, that comic. So they have always been in the midst of that. And also when X-Men came, with the, when they started with the new series in the 90s, they played a role of getting um, Omega Red out. So they have been a part of the X-Men universe for many years. Um, as Also, when we talk about um, Sage, Sage is Tessa. And Tessa has been a part of Hellfire. So that's been funny because she's been right there next. She was Shaw's right-hand woman. But technically in the comic, she was um, a spy for Xavier. He put her in the Hellfire Club to spy on them. Hmm. Color me surprised. Yes. So she she's like a living computer. She was able... For example, when you read her in a comic... Um, Sebastian will say something like, what's happening here? Tessa, what's happening here is blah, 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 blah. She would explain it like that. Or there was a scene um, where they were introduced to Celine and she said, I'm going to be the new Black Queen. And she disappeared. And he said, 
how does she do that? And Tessa said she used subliminal uh, reasons to make her think that she disappeared, but she didn't. She just actually hypnotized us for a small amount of time. Like that. And I was like, whoa. Um, Sage is also has uh, telepathic abilities too. So she is a very interesting member of the Hellfire Club. Um, but um, she was basically a plot for, she a plant for Xavier. So we'll see if they kind of play on Sage being um, maybe a, a spy for someone or how well they play her powers in this. So I, I was interested. I was happy to see that Sage was, and she looks like her too. So She does. Yeah, that actress does look like her. And I didn't expect, I didn't know who she was at first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I saw her at the uh, the computer and I was like, okay, she's a techie. Mm-hmm. But then I saw her um, when she was looking at the information and I saw her processing it and her eyes started were fluttering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's, I know she's a mutant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know which one until like damn near the end of the series. Yeah. So if you want to see a little bit of Tessa, she does make her appearance during the Phoenix Saga of comics. So if you want to, you know, get the graphic novel of that, check her out there. You see her really being active in the New Mutants. Um graphic novel that introduced the new mutant she's in there because um it's pierce it's donald pierce who is basically going after the new mutants and she talks to xavier to help her capture him so you see a lot of her and then she ends up joining x-men a little bit later um but yeah sage um, or tessa has been a very prominent member or or a character within x-men universe so who knows what the second season i i I feel like we might i really want to see the hellfire club I kind of want them to, I kind of want to see who is left in the X-Men universe. Right, because there has to be some people left. Yeah, because you think about Logan, you know, Logan, they 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 died um, because of Xavier's um, seizures. Um, but you knew at the end they were going somewhere. And part of me was thinking not all of them are dead. They had to be some X-Men that maybe survived or maybe when they had to cross that, you know, that barrier they had to go through those kids, they were probably meeting who were survivors or who were, uh-huh. you know, or other mutants who may have been X-Men or are not real complete X-Men, maybe like short-term members because technically Lorna was, um, she was never a full-time member of the X-Men. She was like, if something happened and her and Alex just happened to be there, Avix is Havoc, who is, a uh, Scott Summers' brother, Cyclops' brother, they would join in, but they were never really, like, straight up prominent members of the X Men. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what this next season is going to bring. I I didn't think I was going to like it, but I kind of do, and I'm kind of interested about this baby. <laughs> yes, um, like I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be as successful as it has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested to see if this baby is actually born and how will it affect uh, the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see the new, if they'll introduce new characters and new mutants because yeah. they, like they have to. Yeah. And if, and it were and back on the separate cuckoos, we only saw three. Are they just going to do the three or maybe do we know about the other sisters? Will Sophie and Esmeen be somewhere? No, Esmeen is there. Will that be, Mindy, or will they be? You know, will we see the other ones? Would they even talk about the other two? Um, because they could be somewhere in that universe too. So it's right. It's fascinating to see what they have done with the series. 
I just hope they can just kind of. I am curious to see what happens as we get closer to the you know, the, the the Disney buyout because you know what would be the effects of this show afterwards. Um, will they do away with it, and or will they blend it in? What would happen? So I don't know. It, it you know it was as I keep saying it was just great to see how they did the stuff for cuckoos. Um, but I'm curious to see how they will play out with the rest of the co- the characters to come. Exactly. Do we have anything more to say about the stuff for cuckoos? Um, again, if y'all read the comic, they have been very, they're very, they've been kind of mellow lately because, you know, they've been dealing with, you know, Emma and how Emma has been back and forth with things. Emma was possessed by the Phoenix Force and, um, lost it. And that had a big effect on her. Um, to where, you know, the, the girls have been, you know, more cautious around her or what have you. But again, to see the girls take on their own personalities of as of late has been very fascinating too. So if you just only know the Stafford Cuckoos by the show, take some opportunity to kind of read about them in comics. And there's a lot of comics you can really get into um, to where you get to know more about them, um, especially how they've been interacting with Jean Grey lately, the young Jean Grey. And we'll see what, you know, what happens when the real Jean Grey comes back. But also to see how they react to the fact that since Emma went evil again, she went back and forth. And then so seeing how they are dealing with Emma now and how they're trying to become their own people. So their own persons, as you could say. So I would say read them in the comics. Um, and if you don't want to, check them out on The Gifted. But I, I would say you will get more about them in the comics. Uh-huh. And with that, that does bring it into our show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman5. The podcast is at Megashine Pod. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Subscribe, comment, like. You can follow us on Facebook. If you have questions, uh, you can email us at Megashine6 at gmail.com. We should do like a uh, ask Megasheen or something. I know we have some a couple of questions in the inbox, so yeah, well. go ahead and send us your questions and we'll answer them. Uh, let's see. Coming up, we got Drag Race. So our friends over yes. at Black Girl Nerds, we're going to be live tweeting uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, the All-Star Season 3, which starts Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can use the hashtag drag, y'all, uh, and we'll be Starting up another season of this, this show. <laughs> <laughs> but don't say it like that. It might be good. I mean, you got. You know, it might be, but yeah. I will save my critiques for later on. Yeah, and then also shout out to I think it's Katya who's trying to get her life together. Um, she's not doing drag anymore. For a while. Yes, Katya. Uh, Katya. She's going through some uh, mental health issues, mm-hmm. and but she's has in the past. So this is a ongoing struggle for yeah. her. So let's hope she gets herself together so she can come back. I know her and Trixie Mattel have a a show on Vice, which is um, cute, kind of like a cop. It's cute. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Um, so shout out to you, Katya, and you know, get through it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, just um, 
We'll see what happens this week. As I was mentioned in the beginning, you know, Mueller's going to sit down with Trump. So we'll see what happens by the time we have our show next week. <laughs> right. See what happens. But y'all have a good night and we will see y'all soon. Bye.